Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. So with this morning, we are starting a new series entitled, Keep the Faith. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Hallelujah. And we're going to go straight into our foundation scripture this morning from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. The Bible here says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. Yes, this shall be said about you. Or you shall say this this year. And in the years to come. Because this is, this is a cycle that continues. Hallelujah. Till you leave the world. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I told you that by God's grace, I will try as much as I can to align my services or the services that are done in this church to scriptures. So this month, it is about keeping the faith. Paul says, I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. You shall not lose your faith in the name of Jesus. And there's nothing that reveals your faith better than adversity. The disciples are in the boat with the Lord. A storm comes out of nowhere, unexpected. And most of these things would come unexpected and unannounced. And they are now losing it when the Lord rebuked the storm. The first question he asked them was, where is your faith? So nothing reveals the presence or the absence of faith than adversity, challenges, things you go through. Hallelujah. But I believe that by God's grace, you will go through all these things in your lifetime and you will be able to stay like Paul. I kept the faith. Hallelujah. It is an achievement to keep your faith. To keep your faith. Hallelujah. So I want to start right away. We're going to go straight into the word. What does it mean to keep your faith? What does it mean to keep your faith? Paul says, I fought the good fight. What does that mean? I'm not talking about that this morning. I have finished the race. I thought about that thing last year or the year before. This December, my focus is, I kept the faith. I kept the faith. What does it mean to keep your faith? Number one, to keep your faith, it means you haven't forsaken your first love. That is where it starts. Keeping your faith means you've gone through all kinds of seasons, but you still love him. In fact, you still love him as you did when you started it all. The book of Revelation chapter 2 verse 4, you know the scripture. Jesus says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. There is a love you had when you started with Jesus. There is a way you used to feel about God, about the church, about the word of God, about about the things of the spirit in general. I, I want to ask you a question. Do you still feel that way? Are you still in that predisposition? Keeping your faith Keeping your faith means you are still in love with Jesus. In other words, the circumstances of this life have not tarnished, affected, or deflected your love for your Savior. You still love him. You've kept your faith. You've kept your first love. Many things will come and will attack your first love. 
Hmm? Just a few races you fight, you, re- you run. A couple of fights you fight. Your first love can disappear just based on that already. Number two, what does it mean to keep your faith? It means you are still full of zeal for the Lord. You are still full of zeal. You know, the Pentecostal will say, you are still on fire for Jesus. You are still on fire. You are still on fire. You know, I don't, desi- I don't deny the fact that you are still in the church. But the question is, do you still have your faith? That's the main question. Are you still on fire for Jesus? Galatians 4.18 But it is good to be zealous in a good thing always. Always. Not in the beginning of your journey. Not when you get paid at the end of the month. Not when there are no problems. It's good to be zealously affected always. Always. And furthermore, and not only when I am present with you. Not only when the leader is there, especially for the past two years, pastor hasn't really been present with you physically. So the question is, since this uh, pandemic started and all the waves have been going through, have you kept your faith? Have I kept my faith? Meaning, am I still zealous about God? Am I still zealous about telling people about Jesus? Am I still zealous about inviting people to church? Am I still zealous about my prayer life? He says, to be zealously affected not only when I'm with you. In other words, your real first love, your real zeal is shown when nobody is there. It's just you and Jesus. Are you still affected zealously when nobody is watching? I've taught you many times before, character is who you are when no one is watching. And when you have kept your faith, it means even when you are in the midst of people who don't know you, you still keep your faith. Even when you are in the midst of people who want to lead you astray and there's nobody there to check you, there's nobody there to watch you, you are still keeping your faith. You are still holding on. You are alone in your room and you have a chance to do all kinds of things in that room alone by yourself, but you're keeping your faith. You're keeping your faith. Not when people are watching. Number three. What does it mean to keep your faith? To keep your faith means you are still paying your tithe. You are still paying your tithe. It's part of keeping your faith. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you the truth. Your finances reflect your faith in many ways than you can ever think or imagine. As a matter of fact, in the book of Matthew 6.21, the Bible says, wherever your treasure is, eh, there also your heart is. One of the signs that you are no more trusting God for your finances is that you stop giving. That's one major sign that you and I have realized that God can no more meet our needs. So we need to accumulate whatever we can and manage what we have. Keeping my faith means that even when I don't know what tomorrow holds, I still know who holds tomorrow. Therefore, I pay my tithe in respect to the word of God, believing God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Paying your tithe is a sign. You are still keeping your faith. You are still believing that there is a God who provides. You are still believing that there is a God who keeps his promises. You are still believing about, you are still believing about things that are an open heaven. When you don't believe in such things anymore, one of the signs that you are no more keeping the faith is you withhold your finances. You stop, you stop giving, you stop sharing, you become more and more stingy. You start holding too tight to things. It means your eyes have been taken off the Lord. This morning, receive grace to fix your eyes back on the Lord. Not on that little salary that you are having. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Number four, what does it mean to keep the faith? Number four, it means you have become a shepherd. Can I tell you something? 
If you keep the faith long enough, you will change. If you run the race long enough, if you fight enough battle and you still keep the faith, you cannot remain the same person. It will have a lasting impact and a lasting effect on your life. It will change the type of person you become. Therefore, one of the major signs that you have lost your faith or you are on your way of losing your faith is that you are just a chairwoman in the church. You've stopped growing, therefore you've actually lost your faith somewhere along the way. Hebrews 5, 12. For though by this time, by this time, by this time of, of continuing with your faith, by this time of joining in your faith, by this time of running your race, by this time of keeping your faith, by this time, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You ought to be teachers. There must be a time, if you've kept your faith, at a certain point of you working with God, is that you're going to become a teacher. You're going to become a Christian leader. That's why I say you're going to become a shepherd. Have you become a shepherd? Are you on your way to becoming a shepherd? Or you have already distanced yourself from serving God? You don't see yourself taking care of God's people. David was a shepherd. Jesus was a shepherd. Many people that serve God. Moses was a shepherd. You don't want to be a shepherd. You want to be a CEO. You want to be an owner of a bank. You are so different from the people you are claiming to follow. At some point in your journey of keeping your faith, you see, Christianity is called the faith walk. At some point in your faith walk, do you understand? You ought to become a teacher. You ought to become responsible for souls. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And do you know what Jesus, Peter, Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. You know what Jesus told him? He says to him, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. In other words, when you start to have a sheep, when you have worked with the Lord for a while, you become a feeder of the sheep. And that is what is going to happen with you. you know, listen to me. You cannot be at ABC for more than two years and you are not a shepherd. No, like, that is very wrong. It means, it means you have lost your faith. You have lost your faith somewhere along the way. Those of you that have been at ABC for more than three years and you are still just a member, something is wrong. You must move from member to minister. Something has to change. You must move from listener to preacher. Hallelujah. Keeping your faith means you are growing in your ministry. You have become a shepherd. Lastly, what does it mean to keep your faith? It means you have not fallen and backslidden. Keeping my faith means I have not backslidden. Hallelujah. You know, if there is anything that has become common for the past two years, is the backsliding spirit. If there is anything that has become common in all churches around the world, is backsliding. What is backsliding? Sliding back. What does that mean? Ground you have gained, you are losing. That's backsliding. And I want you to be careful about what you are thinking because you might be sitting there thinking, I don't think I can backslide. The Bible says, let him who stand be watchful lest they fall. You don't know. And you see, the, the challenge about backsliding is that, you see, it never gives you, if you are not careful, you might not know that you have backslidden already. Can I tell you something? When you are driving on a road, you have signs. They will tell you, a hill ahead. Reduce your speed. Curves ahead. And sometimes there are these temporary signs, work ahead. Fire ahead. Animals ahead. Danger ahead. Stones falling ahead. Just to help you adjust on your journey. 
I'm sorry to tell you that with Christianity, there's never signs like that somewhere. When you start moving, you can be moving straight to hell and you might not know. That as you are moving now like this, you see, you never see a sign there saying hell in 300 meters ahead. Or maybe temptation, temptation in, in 200 meters ahead. You just wake up one morning and you find yourself in a temptation. Now, Jesus said, pray that you will not enter into temptation. Because you see, only prayer can save you. Most of the times, these things are being done and you are not aware. You just wake up one morning and something has landed on you. That's why backsliding takes most people by surprise. Because when it starts happening, they are not aware. They are not aware because there are no signposts to say to you, no, in, three, in, three, in 300 meters, prayer will be taken away. In 400 meters, you will not love God anymore the way you used to. And it like signs to tell you. You rather need to have signs of backsliding, which I'm going to give you. Because I think you need to know what are the signs that tell you now you are backsliding. Keeping my faith means I did not backslide. I'm still standing. I'm still on fire for Jesus. I'm still zealous. I'm becoming a shepherd. You know, backsliding is the reverse of becoming something. Becoming a shepherd is one of the major keys in you not ending backsliding. I mean, ending or backsliding, if, 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 if I have to say. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? You have not backslide, and you shall not backslide in the name of Jesus. You shall not fall. Say with me, I will not fall. I will not backslide. Please say it from the depth of your heart. Don't let the devil steal it from you. Say, I will not fall. I will not backslide. I will not fall. I will not backslide. When you wake up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I will not fall today. And I will not backslide today. In the name of Jesus, I will keep the faith. I will run my race. I will finish. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. I want to give you quickly. You see, I'm introducing a few things quickly. Ten things that can make you backslide. Hmm? Ten things that can make you lose your faith. That can cause you to not keep the faith. I don't believe that those who start the journey intend to stop. No. The day you stood and gave your, your life to Jesus, you really meant to see him face to face. And I believe with you that your desire was to say, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. And again, again, you must understand that statement. Not well done, good and faithful chair warmer. Not well done, good and faithful chair attendee. Church attendee. Church goer. Well done, good and faithful what? Servant. Servant. Only servants will be honored in heaven. Only servants will be recognized in heaven. Well done, good and faithful. Well done, not well said. Well done, well done, well done. People that are doing something. Are you doing anything? And this is what will cause you to finish well. Because you are doing something for God. When you are involved in the work of God, it's very difficult for you to backslide. When you are involved in the service of God, when you are doing things and you are doing them well and you are continuously doing them well, one day you will just end up in the presence of Jesus. And people that are sitting, I thought last, last month about this passivity. You are just sitting there criticizing, not doing anything. Oh, before you realize, you start backsliding. Ten things that will help you and me if we know them. Because they are the number one things that cause people to backslide, to lose their faith, to start well, but to not end well. Hallelujah. Number one, 
difficulties. Difficulties, by then I mean afflictions, persecutions. If those words are too bad for you, problems, challenges of life. They will come. They always do. And they have accounted for the loss of faith of a lot of people. The Bible describes a certain group of people that receive the word with a lot of excitement. Eh? But their roots are not deep enough. So when these challenges come, the scorching sun clears them quickly. Difficulties. How many people have left the church because life became hard? How many people stopped praying, stopped giving, stopped seeking God because difficulties have come? Hmm? The problem about difficulties is that Jesus was very clear. We will have them. He did not hide it from us. The journey you took on Paul started by saying, I fought. I fought the good fight. That is how it starts. Before he even talk of keeping the faith, he fought. What do you think he was fighting? Hmm? Psalm 34, verse 19 to 20. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many. Not the afflictions of the sinner. The righteous. The person that is on the right journey, many are his afflictions. But the good news is, the Lord delivers him from them all. From them all. Problem is, many righteous jump off the race before God delivers them. That's what I'm talking about. When these afflictions start coming, instead of you staying on the journey till the deliverance of the Lord is revealed, you jump off. I like verse 20. He says, he guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. When it's all said and done, you will look around and see that not one bone was broken. You are still fresh. You are still beautiful. You are even more beautiful than before the challenge. But the difficulties of life have taken many off. Jesus told us in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He kept promising us there will be victory. There will be victory. So I do not understand why when these things start happening to us, we are so surprised. And we have people dropping God because of these things. 2 Timothy 3 verse 2, verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All who desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Brother, you have just given your life to Jesus. You love God with all your heart. You are on fire for Jesus. You want to serve him for the rest of your life. It's a good thing. But you need to know, all who want to live godly lives will be persecuted. Now, I want to encourage you this morning. When the persecution starts, don't drop the ball. When things become difficult, don't think you did something wrong. That is actually how it is. Don't backslide because your friends are now laughing at you that you are changing. You are no more cool. Don't backslide because your friends are now saying you are no more enjoying life the way you used to. That peer pressure, that comes, that steals away your faith. Difficulties. Persecution. The second thing that has the capacity of causing you to backslide, losing your faith, disappointments. Number one, difficulties. Number two, 
Disappointments. What are disappointments? A broken heart. A broken promise. I came to church expecting this. Expecting this to happen within a year. Expecting God to move this way and this way and that way. The pastor told me this will happen. The pastor said if I pay my dad, this will happen. The pastor said if I come and he lays hands on me, this will take place. I read my Bible and God said one, two, three to me. But it's been ten years and I don't see one of those things. Disappointments. Many leave the church. Many drop the journey. Many pull out of the race. Many stop fighting the good fight because they are disappointed. They are disappointed at God. They are disappointed at the church. They are disappointed at the pastor. Especially when we give these prophetic words at the beginning of the year. This shall be your year of double-double. This shall be your year of triple-double. This shall be the year of your remembrance. We give these powerful prophetic words. We are now in December and people are disappointed because the whole year they waited for that prophetic word to happen. It didn't happen. At least here at ABC, I told you this is the year of preaching the word. And if you are not preaching the word, you cannot be disappointed. You cannot be disappointed. I did not promise you. I actually sent you, let's go and work. I didn't promise you anything here. I said to you, let's go and preach the word. Because my Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added. Shall be added. And there's nothing wrong with prophetic words. Don't get me wrong. People get disappointed. People get disappointed. And I'm happy to tell you this morning, in the house of God, that very same place Satan wants to take you out of is where your heart can be healed. Yes. Luke 4:18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor has sent me to do what? To heal the brokenhearted. Brother, don't leave the church. Sister, don't stop coming because the healing from a broken heart will come from a preaching of the word. As you hear the word of God being preached, many broken hearts are being healed every Sunday. And they don't even know they are being healed because you see, I don't come with a stethoscope and I start checking you. As the word is coming, healing is following. Many of you had said many times before, I will never love again. Men are dogs. I will never ever love again. And you came to ABC. And the word started coming. And the word started coming. And the word started coming. Before you realized, you started looking for love again. While you were healed. Can I tell you something? Any disappointment that you have experienced or you're going to experience will always find its healing in the word of God. He sent his word and healed them from their diseases. Don't stay away from the word. Don't stay away from... The very thing Satan wants to take you away from is where your healing is. Adam, where are you? Oh, I'm hiding. Oh, I heard you coming. And the person he was hiding from is the very same person who had the word, Jesus, to send a few years later to heal him and save him and help him. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It is Jesus, the son of God. God that Adam was hiding from. It is the same God that sent his son to save Adam's people. Disappointment. May disappointment never make you lose your appointment with God. In the name of Jesus. Number three, discouragement. Discouragement. Yeah. At this stage, you have pushed quite a while. And you are still... It's similar to disappointment. Just that disappointment is something you are expecting. Discouragement is something you are working for and you are expecting to see results based on what you've done. But there is nothing. Then you get discouraged. There's an interesting scripture in the book of Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. The Bible says, And he shall speak great things against the Most High, and he shall wear out the sin of the most high. One of Satan's greatest strategies in the end time will be to speak words that will have the capacity to discourage you. 
what is the use of going to church again? I mean, you've been going for the past three months. What happened? They even took the little money you had for building projects and stuff. Now you are broke and nobody is even calling you. What is the use? Please go and do something. Words that will wear you out. Hmm? Words. He will speak words against God and against the children of God to wear them out, to, wear, to discourage them, to make them stop doing what they are doing. It's one of his keys. He used that on David, you know. David got so discouraged, resisted. David fought 66 battles. He fought more than any king in the whole of Israel. 66 battles in his lifetime. And can I tell you something? Not even a scratch on his skin. At some point, David got so discouraged because he went fighting. By the time he came back, everything was stolen. Everything was taken away. Just like something will happen to you sometimes. You go and serve God. You do the will of God. When you come home, things are a mess. It's like your life has been stolen from you. David got discouraged. After doing so well, trying to do something good, you come go home where you live and people have stolen everything. May that never be your story anyway. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Why? Because he was discouraged. He was discouraged. There's a scripture I love, and I'm sure you love it too. Isaiah 4, 40 verse 31. Those who wait upon the Lord, yeah, they shall renew their strength. Why? Because you run out of strength. I always tell you this. After fighting for a while, you run out of strength. You run out of strength. And the key is to wait upon the Lord. He is your strength. Wait upon the Lord. Find time out. Be with God alone. This is to save you from losing your faith. As you keep pushing, you keep going, you need to arrange yourself and spend time with God. Make time for God. Make time for God. How do you think David encouraged himself? He did it in the law. In the law. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. You see, the very thing, the very thing this guy is explaining to do against the saints, to wear out the saints. He said they shall not be worn out. To wear out the saints, Daniel 7 verse 25. Isaiah 40, verse 31, they shall not be weary. Because they wait upon the Lord. They shall walk, they shall not faint. In this walk of faith, they will keep walking. 2022, they are still walking. 2023, they are still walking. 2024, they are still walking. 2025, they are still working. 2026, 20, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. They are still working. When you come, Jesus says, when I come back on earth, will I find faith? Will I find people that are still standing for me when I come back? Or will I find people that have abandoned their places? The key for you to stay in faith Make time for God. He is your strength. He is my strength. Learn to have a day's retreat. You lock your room and you are alone with God for the whole day. You don't go out. You don't, you don't answer your phone. You don't talk to people. Can I tell you something? One of the things that has stolen you from God is your phone. You might not believe me, but it's true. Your cell phone, I told you this this year, your cell phone has stolen, many of us, our intimacy with God has been stolen with an intimacy with a device. 
If you are the type of person, as soon as the message comes, you answer. You are not spiritual. Every message, if I tap something now, as soon as I tap it, you receive it, you are answering it. No, it tells me you have nothing to do with your life. All you do all day long is checking WhatsApps. Checking WhatsApps. Why are you not checking the presence of the Lord? You know, if you are checking the presence of the Lord, you will not have time to answer WhatsApps. This thing that every message you answer, you are always so readily answering. It's a sign you are not spiritual. It's a sign you have lost your faith. You should be so busy with your assignment. There are some messages you answer after a day or after a few hours. You are too busy fulfilling your assignment. Many believers today, the phone has stolen their assignment. The phone has stolen their ministry. The phone has stolen their faith. There's no faith in God. They spend the whole time on Instagram, on WhatsApp, on Facebook. That's where they are the whole day. And this thing, TikTok, that's where they are the whole day. The whole day, the whole data is going there. No verse in the head, no heart for God, no prayer. The, the backsliding has come with a device in the hand. Those that wait not upon the cell phone. Those that wait upon Facebook. Those that wait upon TikTok. Those that wait upon Instagram. Eh? Those that wait upon WhatsApp status. You, you review the whole contact. You go to all the status. Then you come from the bottom back up. And then you go up, back down. And then you go, you are just up and commenting on every status. Commenting on every status. Are you a commentator? Ask the person, are you a commentator? Or are you, I have now, I know your new job. You are the status commentator. That is your job from today. Status commentator. You cannot spend 10 minutes with God, but you are commentating on every useless status and you are sending 400 messages, resending. You find it forwarded many times and you are also forwarding the same thing. You are forwarding the same thing. And this is why you have lost your faith. Forwarded many times. You are finishing strong in the name of Jesus. You are breaking out of anything that has stood against God in your life. My Bible is making it clear. You shall have no other God besides the Lord. And can I tell you something? To many of us, your cell phone has become your God. It's just that you didn't know. Now I'm telling you, your cell phone is your God. That's the first thing you touch when you wake up. That's the last thing you touch when you go to bed. That's the only thing you care about the whole day. That's the only thing you know when you don't have. A lot of us don't have the presence of the God the Lord, and we don't know. A lot of us don't have the word in us and we don't know. But one second without your phone and you're already alerted. You are fully alerted. Hmm? You can go for years without the presence of God and you don't know. You don't know. And the spirit departed from Samson and he did not know. But one second without it, where, where's my cell phone? You call my cell phone, Yaka. Where's my cell phone? Where's my cell phone? You are running all over. You are losing your mind because the cell phone is not there. And for your information, the cell phone was just created a few years ago. God is called the Ancient of Days. For your information, just a few years ago, the cell phone did not exist. This thing that has taken the place of God in our lives, it did not exist just a few years ago. Number four, temptations. I'm telling you things that will cause you to backslide easily. Lose your faith. Temptations. What do I mean by temptations? Needs. Things you need. Things you feel you need. Wow. Yeah. They come with force. 
to pull you out of the church. I need love. I want to feel wanted. And this becomes the reason why I'm pulling out. They need to be loved. They need to be wanted. They need to be appreciated. They need to be complimented. Has pulled so many of us out of God's presence. The need for significance, I want a car. So I'm going to work with that a day off for the coming 10 years. Church, forget me for now. I'm busy. I'm very busy. The need to, 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 to make a statement out there. Yeah. First Timothy 6 verse 10, the love of money. If you like, call it the last if you like. Because it's not genuine love. The last. But let me use the word the Lord used in the Bible. I will not change it. The love of man is the root of all evil. For which some have strayed from the faith. In their greediness and pierced themselves through many souls. Money has the capacity to pull you out of the church. And I'm sure you are aware it happens every day. Time and time again, when the vote comes, God is on the left, money, mammon is on the right. Ha. Come and see people voting for mammon. Every day, mammon is chosen over God. People that will never fulfill their ministry because they chose mama. There are ladies that will never marry the perfect man God had intended for them because they chose mama. There are guys that will never see the woman God has prepared for them because they are too busy chasing mama outside. Yeah. Mama has veiled them. Number five, delays. Delays. Are you following me? Okay, let me remind you. Number one, difficulties. Number two, disappointments. Number three, discouragement. Number four, temptations. Number five, delays. Things not coming when you want them to come. Hmm? First Samuel 13, verse 8 to 10. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Giga. It is Samuel who said, I'm coming in seven days. But after seven days, Samuel did not come. God will promise you something, but then it will not happen the way he said. For one reason or the other, there will be delays. And the people were scattered from him. So now there are delays and now things are changing around Saul. People are leaving Saul. Pressure is mounting. I'm 30. Pressure is mounting. I'm 45. Pressure is mounting. And I look around and there's still nothing. Delays are increasing around me. And I'm beginning to feel the pressure and the heat. And I feel the need to do something. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. He took charge. And he offered the burnt... Listen, Paul, Saul was a king. He was not a priest. So he had no business offering sacrifices. That's why Samuel said to him, wait for me. When I come, I will offer the sacrifice. So because Samuel was delayed, Saul took it upon himself to offer the sacrifice himself. And I want to tell you something. This is how Saul's ministry changed. This is where Saul's end. This is, this is how Saul lost the race. This event. He could not manage delays. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, 
Samuel came. So what was it? It was just a test. Can you, can you hold a little bit? If I say I'm coming and I don't come. Oh Jesus, the one you love is sick. I'm going to wait four more days. By the time I show up, he's dead, he's buried, and he's smelling. How will be your attitude? How will you handle it? Samuel says, I'm coming in seven days. Seven days has passed. He did not come. Oh, as saints, God says, by the time I'm 25, I will be having a ring on my left finger. You are now 27. And there's nothing. There's nothing. You might be tempted to take the matters in your own hands. Like Saul did here. Or like Sarah did over there. taking the matters in your own hands and trying to get, and this is how we lose our faith. Paul says, I kept my faith. It was tough. There were delays. There were difficulties. There were discouragement. There were disappointments. Kept. I kept my faith. It's interesting to know Hebrews 6.12. We don't want you to become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. You're going to need to be patient, brother. Because the promise will surely come to pass. But maybe not the way you expect. So you're going to have to believe God and stand with God. Stand on the word. Though it tarries, you wait for it. It shall surely come to pass. It shall not delay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number six, denials. Now, understand, in this journey of faith, there will be delays. And I know you don't want to hear this, but there will be denials. Years ago, I hear a man of God who said, God has three answers for every request you make. Yes. No. Wait. Those are the three answers of God. And if you check your life, you say it's just like that. Certain things you ask, God will say yes. Certain things God will say no. That you say, wait. It is that no that a lot of us don't like. We don't believe God can say no. I mean, how can God say no? The all loving El Shaddai. How can he say no? From where? Yeah. So when we have a feeling he's saying no, we say no. It cannot be no, it must be yes. So let me make it yes myself. Lord, I know you are saying no, but me, I'm saying yes. Let me show you a few hours. Lord, all things are possible with you. You can take this cup from me. God says no. You are going through Via Dolorosa. However, not my will, yours be done. If it was my will, I would not go through this road. But you are not allowing. He prayed three times for three hours. It tells you that Jesus really was thinking that this thing could be changed. And if Jesus ended up on the cross, it tells you that was the will of the Father. So the Father was not in agreement with that prayer. Could it be you will pray for certain things? And the Father is not necessarily in agreement. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 8 and 10. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. Just like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus prayed the will of God three times. I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul said, Lord, take away this thorn in my flesh. God said, no. I want it to stay there. My grace is sufficient. Why? My power is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmity 
that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Number seven, there will be losses. There will be defeats. If you're going to fight till you die, I'm sure you realize sometimes, I mean, Paul was beaten once, they thought he was dead. Other times, he was left in the sea. There will be defeats. And defeats, you see, when you, when you look at them from the wrong angle, you will be discouraged and you pull out of the rest. I have learned to, react, to, to adjust my thinking every time something bad comes to me. I always remember what God told the Israelites. He says to them, I let you go through the wilderness for 40 years to humble you. Number two, to see what was in your heart. Defeat will come to humble you. That's the purpose. And you know why it humbles you? Because it takes humility for God to promote you. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gave grace to the humble. So when something bad happens and it humbles you, it's good. Why? Because after you become humble, you'll be promoted. So every defeat is actually a victory in disguise. Hallelujah. Number eight, distress. You'll be in distress sometimes. Your mind, you'll, have, you'll feel sorrow. You will feel worried. Yeah, those things will happen. Number nine, demons. Oh yeah. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18. I wanted to come to you, certainly I put it again and again. But Satan blocked my way, Satan. Can you imagine the many times Satan is blocking your way? You want to become this, he's blocking. You want to do this, he's blocking. You want to try this, he's blocking. And what else? It creates discouragement. Create disappointments. Distress. And that becomes the reason many people drop their faith. You shall not drop your faith in the name of Jesus. Luke 22, verse 20 to 33. And the Lord says, Simon, Satan has asked that he may sift you as wheat. But what is the key? I have prayed for you. Prayer is the key to stop satanic manipulations and oppression. Prayer is the key. Hallelujah. Lastly, deceptions. Deceptions. Things you and I believe in and they are not true. And they become the reason we leave God. This is what kills Satan. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 17. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Deception. It has whipped many out of the, the plan of God for their lives. Your heart was lifted up because of the little promotion. Hey. How many girls, the moment she starts feeling she's beautiful in a certain way, she stopped coming to church. <laughs> Just small beauty. Small, you look nice. Small, no, you look very nice today. Just small things. And see, you see, this church, I don't, I don't think it's my, my standard. This, this, this is not my level. Yeah. Deception. You corrupted your wisdom for your sake, for the sake of your splendor. Eh? Look at the result. I cast you to the ground, I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. That's how Satan ended. The beauty brought him down. And many beautiful sisters have been brought down by their very own beauty. Many good-looking brothers. Hey! When he looks at himself, even Adam cannot match this one. Even Adam cannot match. 
Even Adam cannot match what I'm seeing here. I don't, I don't think even Adam can match. I mean, created straight from God, directly by God. You are coming from a woman's staff, and you are saying even Adam cannot match. You are mad. And this is what takes them out. Deception. Deception. Few guests have told you you look hot. You look handsome. You are smart. Only those two few guests that don't even have metric. They called you and they gave you their numbers. Because of that, now, even Adam cannot match. And some of them give you numbers that don't exist. Because of numbers that don't exist, you abandon the God who exists. Hmm? Are you with me? These are ten things that are coming for you and me. But what is my last word on this this morning? This is my last word for you. Yet, in all these things, We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. What do I mean all these things? Deception, disappointment, defeat, denials, delays, discouragement, hallelujah, difficulties. All these things that have come. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I am finishing strong. I am fighting the battle. I am finishing my race. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, no angels, no principalities, no powers, nothing present, all the things to come, no height, no depth, any of the created things shall be able, shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Nothing shall be able. I mean, it will try. It will try. But it will not be able. My bond with Christ is too strong. I say my bond with Christ. My bond with the Holy Ghost is too strong. Nothing. Nothing. Shall be able. Would you lift your hand this morning and say, Lord, I decree and declare nothing. Nothing shall be able to separate me from you. And Lord, if that thing exists, let it die today. Anything that will attempt to separate me from you, my first love for you, my zeal for you, my love for you, my sacrifice for you, open your mouth and begin to press somebody. Contabaya, contabaya, epelemande la sukolevelemande, reprende zekete pelemadovaramande, enchevele pre la sukolemende nateva. Oh, open your mouth from the depths of your heart and pray this morning. Let nothing, let nothing, temptation, need, money, anything will be able to pull me out of God. Nothing shall Delusions shall not separate. Pray, pray, pray. We are finishing strong. You will not be defeated. You will not be discouraged. You will not be disappointed. You shall stand. You shall make it. Somebody is receiving a baptism of the first love. A baptism of the first love. A baptism. Thank you for the baptism of first Lift your hands wherever you are and begin to pray for the first love. The first love. The love of first heart for you, Jesus. No difficulty has stolen it. Discouragement. The first love. The innocent love. The childlike love I had for you, Jesus. 
you are trusting God for a comeback. A comeback, just like the prodigal son, a comeback. Oh yes, oh yes. There is an anointing for a comeback. An anointing for a comeback. For a prodigal son and a prodigal daughter. There's an anointing for a comeback this morning. If that is you, at the count of the unashamedly, you raise your right hand and I pray for you. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, to Jesus. Wherever you are, thank you. You can take your hands down. I want you to make a last call. Somebody watching me, you wanted to raise your hand for one reason or the other. You didn't want to do it. Can I give you another chance? Please. You want to join this group. You want me to pray with you. Don't be ashamed. Raise your, this might be the only chance you have. At the count of three, raise your right hand. One, two, three. Raise it up. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. God is touching you right now. That's God touching you right now. Where you are. That's God touching you. That's God. Listen. We're going to pray. I want you to repeat after me. From the bottom of your heart. Dear Lord Jesus. I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now. I believe. My sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I will always be a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me, for speaking to my heart, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches. In Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mohwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day, and remember, we are alive to give life.